Welcome to another episode of the most professional podcast on the internet. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by fellow donkeys, Jonathan Bales and Peter Jennings. Great to see you boys. Peter, how's it going? Doing well, Adam. Uh, I've had a lot of fun recently. Just uh, I've been gallivanting a little too hard. Ashley's tilted, um, but happy to be with you boys. Yes, gallivanting has been strong. I was on vacation for a week, which we'll talk about. And then the week after that, I uh, actually hosted a bunch of ETR guys here in Colorado uh, for a week, did the meetup and stuff like that. I'll talk about that in a minute here. But So that's why we haven't done a show in the last two weeks. Going forward, hopefully we will have a show every week as things settle down as we get into football season. Bales, good evening. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I, I'm doing well. Just a boring life here in Miami. I can't wait, wait to hear about the ETR trip, Paris everything i just want to hear from you guys man (laughs) uh okay we have a lot to get to today i want to start with football coming back because like that's like to me when it comes to gambling on sports like obviously football is king the markets are the most liquid there's most opportunity there's most action in peer-to-peer stuff like dfs but there's a lot of new stuff going on also and also like we're also i mean i know for me for sure i'm at a different point in my life where, you know, like I used to, you know, I used to just, all I could think about was grinding and grinding out small edges and um, just like trying to win at all costs. And I I think I'm just at a different point now where it's not the same thing, uh, where I'll talk about GPP life here in a second. But Peter, I'm curious what your plans are for football season in terms of gambling. Well, I'm grinding best ball like an absolute maniac right now. Oh, what, what else? What else is new? It's sick. I, I just love it so much. It's like so fun for me to be drafting all the time. Uh, so yeah, I've been listening, staying up to date. There's a couple pods. Been listening to the ETR pod, um, watching the news. Um, I have a yeah. I have a, I have a serious question about that. Yeah, go ahead. In each twenty-five dollar underdog best ball mania, which is the most absurd tournament, two million to first, one million to second. What do you think your actual EV is on each on each twenty five dollar? I don't know, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. Yeah, bales. What people you are doing? making some really uh, big. You think mistakes. they're making twenty dollar EV on a twenty five dollar? I think people. I think there's a lot of teams that are like not 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 that live to like win it all, which is like, which is big. Right. I I was I gonna say 20, like some twenty seems aggressive. Yeah. I was gonna say somewhere between ten and fifteen bucks, but yeah. I mean, you could be you could be right because like. All the money is up top. So if you're not, if you're not, I mean, I have a small sample in this. Best ball ROI has been off the charts. I mean, I, I did win the the first year on draft and won the high stakes and got second in like the the big twenty five dollars. So yeah. my results are very very biased or very skewed because of the early success. But even the year after, where like I didn't have like late runs, I still returned over hundred percent on the tournaments, and I didn't even make like the finals. But I just had a much higher advance rate. And um, yeah, if you go through the teams, there's people drafting like four quarterbacks yeah. drafting five, six receivers, just like roster construction. And then like lack of correlation, I think can really hurt quite a few teams. Yeah. But. See, it's so, it's so hard to figure out what the, what your actual ROI is. Like e- each year is a data point, but it's pretty minuscule. Like you would need probably decades to figure out what your actual ROI is. So you have to sort of like insinuate what it is based on strategy compared to others. Like it's, it's more philosophical. So you think it's better for these reasons and maybe some data or whatever. And it, and it probably is. Um, but yeah, hundred percent is really, it's really, really high. I think it's much lower than the high stakes. I, it's thousand five hundred. 
Go ahead, love it, Tim. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say that to me, it, playing best ball is is not even about the money. It is so fun to do drafts and it gets me ready for football season. Like I'm aware of where everybody's thoughts are on all the players in, in the entire market. I like am challenging myself to get make stands on players and stuff like that. So to me, like that's the best argument for best ball, I, you know, and like not worrying about whether it's like 10 or 20 bucks of, of ROI. It's just yeah, so I, I'm the same way. And I, I just, yeah. I want to see the industry grow. Obviously, rooting for underdog. There's a bunch of reasons, I, and it's just genuinely super fun. Like, yeah. I'm addicted to it. I'm actually having to stop from drafting best ball teams because I already have 90 out of the 150, and I want to like, <laughs> I wanted to draft more of them later. Yeah. Um, and I've just like been overpaced. But yeah, in terms of football this season, <clears throat> last year we betting was was really lucrative uh, in Colorado. There's a bunch of books, a bunch of promotions. Those have died down a bit. Um, I still think there'll be opportunity in, in college football, NFL, you know, there's news and there's, there's some, there's some edges props will be interesting. And then DFS. I mean, last year it was just like, yeah, there's, I think there's a reason I got content, fat and happy. I mean, I ran so hot last year playing GPP bro life, like in the beginning of the year, September was like one of the best months I've ever had in DFS and then donated the rest of the season, but ended up having a good year doing GPPs and, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't do the same this year. I, I, I'm definitely not going to grind cash, but probably play high stakes tournaments, see how it goes. If I get killed in September, maybe I'll slow down a little bit. But um, yeah, I think DFS is still super fun. And uh, we'll see. Betting, fantasy, all that stuff. I'm just excited to grind. Yeah. So uh, my my plan is, is to like, at this point in my life, like I actually would probably be better off not playing cash but the action that i get is so outrageous like i can't pass it up like it's just not in me to pass it up because you know like people want to play big shot celebrity adam levitan because they think whatever uh he sucks or whatever and so i get this insane action at high stakes like i don't know it's just insane i I just can't give it up so i'll continue to play cash but just like last year you know I, i plan to play gpps i plan obviously to fire props I plan to play the super contest or the circa millions or one of those, at least one or two entries. I'll probably play the big DraftKings survivor thing. So yeah, I'll do those too. We should also find like a high stakes league to plan. We've played in a couple before. I'm looking for like a high stakes season. I actually, what I want to do, and maybe we can, maybe the three of us could do it. I'd do like a high stakes best ball as well. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, as far as I know, the high stakes best ball is only one K, right? Yeah, I would love to do like a 25K or something like that. Right. More yeah. more than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ethan's ripping. Bales is feeling good again. Uh, we're oh. going to get to Ethan ripping in a second here. Bales is reaching again. Peter and I were in a – we did a, a pretty high-stakes league years Yeah, we ago. lost like half a million dollars in one league one year. So like, maybe not that much. We lost a lot of money in that one league. No, I think I think, I think it was that much. <laughs> it was like outrageous how badly we got waxed. Um, yeah, but our – I mean, our theoretical – Our theoretical EV was off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> we had like our top three picks get injured like the first three weeks. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I would I love to do a, a high stakes season long. Yeah, I, I don't really like uh, the the grind of season long um, as much as some other people. I know Leone's going out to Vegas the week before uh, NFL starts to play the 10K NFFC uh, season long, which is just a league. It's not a tournament. It's just a 10K straight up league uh, against 11 other people, um, which I think is really cool. Um, I obviously won't be traveling right ahead of week one, but but yeah, I think that's that's a cool opportunity for people that are into to season long. Anyways. Bales, we haven't heard your plan for NFL season. It seems like I don't know how big you've been playing lately. 
in football? What's your plan this year? Yeah, I play like, I guess, kind of big in, in DFS. It's more, um, yeah, I think what you said in the beginning, just like uh, grinding small edges in the past is is uh, not as enticing now. And, and it, it becomes more about like um, sort of game selection, even if you're betting, like betting against the right people um, or playing like you're playing like the high high stakes games uh like how, how many 10ks are and 5ks are you getting each week um every week i get like at least one 5k i would say yeah i mean you can like scale that with no additional effort like like there's no reason that you shouldn't play those right yeah <laughs> it's not like you need to like put in a bunch of work um yeah so i think that like at a certain point it makes more sense like to try to find those games um peter's been in some like uh poker games in the past that i that i know are really good and uh just finding those games. Now too. you're in the games now well we've since been removed but that's a story for yeah, another day Levitan, captain knit we got started <laughs> called the knit brothers I there. we get yeah. called the knit brothers i mean unbelievable i, I could have told you that was gonna happen <laughs> all the whales are like Oh, the Knit Brothers in the pot. <laughs> oh, Meanwhile, I, I, my VPIP, which for the poker bros out there know what that is, is higher than uh, everybody. All these people that are complaining yeah. in the game. But you're called the Knit Pro by the guy who plays like 10 percent AM. Exactly. And just waiting the whole night to yeah. pick off the fucking. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Anyways, go ahead, Bells. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, Bells, you played some of like the. I like you. You'll pick off certain Thunderdomes, and I know Leone played the Thunderdome. Yeah, I, I played. There's some high stakes spots that I think are good. One Thunderdome last year, and I and I didn't you win one, and Leone got second. Yeah, but that wasn't. I was just like mostly. I just am like, oh, I'm kind of bored, and I might gamble or something. <laughs> that wasn't like I was like, oh, this is a great spot. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I I played some DFS like on the side like off-site and stuff and done more of that um head-to-head and and with some some poker guys and stuff uh but yeah i think finding those spots is but like winning on actually winning on DraftKings in any format now is really hard it's like really really difficult where i question like how many people are winning at all yeah uh, Bales, do me a favor. Get your mic like one dong length away from your mouth. Yeah, you just got to be closer. No, it's got to be closer to your mouth. Yeah. 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 Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Um, oh, baby. I just want to make sure that people uh, can hear you. Okay. Uh, Bales, are you going to bet at all? Or can you bet? In, you're in Florida. Can you even bet in Florida? I don't even know. I don't think you so. You can bet on like, the, I think like the um, whatever is owned by the Seminole tribe or whatever. Uh, but no, you can't bet currently on dk or anything uh but yeah i i um i was gonna ask you guys this so like betting uh i was betting props pretty big and stuff but like most of the stuff with betting or even dfs like you don't necessarily need to do yourself you need to be like smart enough to come up with a certain process of what you do and then really like to scale that certainly in betting you have to explain that process and like build out a team that knows how to do that properly right like there's no way that in any individual can bet enough money they're going to get cut off whatever you need to um build out some some process so how do you guys sort of think about that uh 
because I was I was betting like props pretty big in the past and would get cut off. And then I was working with my brother, um, and uh, yeah, it just became ob- obvious that the it's more about it's almost like building a company versus like learning how to bet on sports. It it sucks because the game is not learning to win. Like we know how to win at this point. We're going to win. The question is just getting accounts. And like Peter went to that bet bash and he came back and he was like, yeah, it was just a conference of people. Everybody's trying to get accounts. Like it's just kind of a shitty game just going around trying to get accounts. So yeah, that's yeah. just, that's it's, the game. To be clear though, last year there was immense opportunity because there were books that were just chasing handles. So there's, you know, a couple books that were, you know, Caesars in particular, um, which is still letting people kind of blast broadly, um, wasn't limiting really at all. So there's, I know I've heard multiple accounts of like people winning over seven figures on one account. I think that's going to slow down. Um, obviously that's betting sides and other things, but yeah. And props too. I mean, props is a very tough market to have like a positive hold for the book. So hopefully that evolves over time. I mean, the books need to hold a couple percent, but ideally you can still win. Ideally, you can get some limits. Um, but yeah, the song and dance of opening accounts and like playing that game, honestly, is like more important for scalability than. Uh, yeah, the ability to make money, like the amount of time that you spend, it's interacting with people, like like building a team, learning to trust people, setting up infrastructure, things like yeah. that, versus uh, how much is like actually spent on like a model or like you know, you can like outsource that pretty easily, I think. Yeah. If you're trustworthy and you can bet a lot, you can find sharp information. And in the past, there's been so much, you know, opportunity out there just from like live, live, you know, line shopping. Now I think that's going to look cleaned up a bit, but broadly there's still an advantage just understanding how to get the best line. And then, yeah, if you set up a good operation where you can scale and bet a lot and you're trustworthy, you can, you know, work with people who are sharp and have good information. Yeah, so. but th- there's also a lot of people like, you know, people that, that we know, like, you know, Davidow was winning betting football, I'm sure. And he was like, well, this is, I'll just start a company. Like company is has higher ceiling and it's just like the same amount of work. I mean, f- figuring out all the accounts and the bookkeeping, everything like Bale said, it's like starting a full-blown company. So um, yeah, shout out to Davidow. And, and Deck Prism saw Davidow at the ETR party. He really is the king. Um, how about our how about our quality Italian meal? Oh, yeah. Favorite restaurant. My definitely, uh, favorite restaurant in Denver, I would say probably. Quality. I haven't been to that many because I'm a suburbs guy now. And I never go to the city, but a uh, favorite, favorite restaurant in Denver so far is definitely quality Italian. No, and we were living. We had a great night and it was legitimately business. I mean, look at it. We we're figuring it out, getting away from the, the wives and kids. I mean, this is the, the epitome of the dream. <laughs> I, I lost credit card rut, though. That was not ideal. <laughs> yes. Free meal for me. Free. Um, by the way, funny credit card roulette story. Uh, my friend told me he was at like a 40th birthday trip and all the guys put in their credit cards to pay for a bill. And then the one guy loses and his wife like freaks out and doesn't let him pay. And so everybody else basically got free rolled on the uh, on the CCR. I don't know how you guys would handle that. But my that, friend- that happened at one of our other things, where, but it was down to two people and the wife had gone absolutely ballistic. And that is... <laughs> Talk about embarrassing. Your wife berates you and yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is really that happens. You you need to like play with the right people. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, getting free rolls the worst. I mean right. Another funny credit card with that story is Peter came to visit me in Levitan in, in Philly uh, a few years ago. And I think we went out to to eat six times and played three man and, and Peter lost five of six or i got waxed <laughs> i was on a good streak and that was a that was a that was one of the worst streaks where i was just on a roll um 
All right, a couple things from the uh, ETR week before we get into traveling. First, uh, I, as a man, climbed to the top of Mount Bierstadt. Peter, as a shell of a man, played golf instead. Peter, after hearing our uh, how much fun we had on the trip, what a great experience it was, do you regret now not climbing Mount Bierstadt? By the way, for those that don't know, Mount Bierstadt is the easiest quote-unquote 14er in the Colorado Rockies, 14,000-foot peak, but you start at 11,200 feet. And it was hard, but it wasn't like, impossible i mean they were like kids up there but anyways yeah, Peter, I did that like a decade ago like like after college and like during those years a lot of people were doing 14ers and i probably have done like four or five they're fun i mean um but yeah dude imagine choosing to wake up at five in the morning and then go do that instead of golf and by the way that was like the best day of golf of my life so i'm i'm pretty happy with my decision to play golf i got to hang out with dink great day uh, do you want to tell the people you've already told everybody in Denver? No, do relax. you want to tell the world? Easy, you want to tell buddy. the world now? By the way, yeah. I, every, I, I'm at my kids. I'm at my kid's birthday party. Uh, not my kid. A, a friend of my kid's birthday party. Uh, Sunday afternoon. A guy there is wearing a Cherry Creek, uh, uh, some golf hat. I say, hey, uh, you know, you're, you're a golfer. Like I know Peter Jennings and, and Steve Bass. He said, oh, yeah, I know those guys. I heard Peter shot a 71 the other day. I was like, <laughs> I, I can't get away from this guy shooting 71 everywhere. Yeah, well, well, it happens. Uh, I got super lucky and back to shooting in the 80s. But uh, that was literally like such a special day. Dinkmeyer's my lucky charm. And uh, yeah, it was a f- fantastic day. Yeah. By the way, at the end of the night, you guys were like tired. We're like hanging out with Overzet, smoking a little weed, yeah. drinking a little booze, got everyone together. It's like 10 o'clock and Levitan's like <laughs> yawning. Just just huge yawns. I mean, yeah. makes was, sense after getting up at five in the morning to hike the mountain. No, no. It was actually like legit hard too. Like uh, it was very, very, very steep. It was like doing a Stairmaster straight up for, for three hours basically. But um, yeah, it was good. I'm glad, I'm glad we did it. It was definitely an experience. You can play golf any day. I maintain that when you're on your deathbed, you will not be happy that you played golf instead of climbing out. No, on my deathbed, that, that, that day might be something I'm talking about. It's probably 30% chance. <laughs> On your deathbed, you're going to say, remember, remember that. that day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like my crowning achievement in life. I, I'm, I'm team hiking over, over golf. But uh, what, what was your, your prior best score, Peter? Uh, I've shot 73 multiple times in my club, but that's, that's like the, barely better. It's under par and it was on a championship golf course. So it's like, it's by far my most, my best round. Yeah. At this course, they had like previously played a U.S. Open there or something crazy like that. So right? this was this was like a one in, one in. Yeah, a thousand? probably played like a thousand rounds. It was definitely my best out of a thousand rounds. Um, nice. Oh, other things from the ETR week here in Denver. So, uh, most of you guys probably know Mike Leone. Uh, you sh- guys should know Galin Dragiev, one of the best kind of niche sport DFS players, super sharp guy who lives out here. Anyways, they had a one-on-one bet. Actually, a pretty high stakes one-on-one bet uh i was the referee and you know i think uh galen who's giving me some crazy prices in tennis kind of gave leone a crazy price but leone showed up with this i mean full-blown steph curry performance i think in the in 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 game one he went seven of nine from three i think or or six of nine from three or something like that and then in game two he shot like 50 percent from three also when somebody's making that many threes it's so hard uh, to win, I think Galen, in hindsight, should have forced Leone into more drives. But you guys can go back to my Twitter and see the highlights from the game. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I felt like Galen kind of could have gotten a much better price. Peter, what do you think of the 
Golan versus Leone. Yeah, I mean, he could have gotten a little bit better price, but then what's so ridiculous and why I feel zero bad for him is he still thinks it's like the same price. And he worked really hard, got in great shape, got way better. I was actually yeah. really impressed. Yeah, he played uh, our great, good, yeah. Our, our good friend Ryan played over in Europe, has worked with NBA guys, trained him, and um, I thought he got way better um, and was in great shape. Both of them were in great shape, but yeah. Leone um, was way better than expected and just absolutely had a GOAT performance. So that was cool. And your refereeing was really solid. <laughs> actually, I loved refereeing back in the day. I think it's uh, it's hard to be a good ref. Yeah. I went to Dick's the day before and bought a, a refs a ref uniform and a whistle. So uh, <laughs> it was, good. yeah. But I know I know Bales wants to make some fitness bets. The, the problem is that like this bet was perfect because they had never really seen each other play. They like talking shit to each other. Like that's how I get the tennis bets too. Like people just love talking shit about stuff like that. The problem is like Bales has been exposed as someone we can't do any type of like exercise or weightlifting or fitness bets with. So I don't know how we get a bet here. Bails at all. You change the line. Game, you, like, you act like it. What do you like? You have never bet on an NFL spread or something. <laughs> they move the line. Okay, give me like plus fifty in pull-ups. Uh, no. See, it's too many. <laughs> exactly. I can do like eight, and if you put your mind to it, you can do like a hundred. <laughs> I don't think you can do a hundred pull-ups. Uh, but you see, right now. but like, yeah, I think it's more like uh, counter stuff. Like you get, I'll give you something on pull-ups and you give me something in like one-on-one basketball or tennis or something like that yeah i mean we can do that stuff we can also do like um the uh penalty bets we did the one where we couldn't have car like most carbs like no beige carbs basically and now and then we paid 1k i think every time we we ate uh you have to do that with people you trust obviously um but yeah we could do i mean we could like figure out what you know, our, our pull-ups are right now and then adjust for it and try to come up with something. Bales not a hundred, though. A hundred is... Yeah, and it was very close. It was, I, it was a, actually oh, a great... a couple more in the tank. Yeah, maybe, but I was pretty much done. It was... A, I mean, maybe I would have gotten, like, three or four more if I had to, but it was a pretty good line, you know? Yeah, I love training. Training for pull-ups, I think, is, like, one of the best things to do. And then, yeah, pull-ups are a great a great thing. Probably one of the best, like... Any, any like, pure body thing like that, I think, is good. Uh... You guys remember Scott, the intern from the first rendition of the Three Donkeys Pod. Shout out, shout out to Scott. He's suggesting we do a V sit and reach, increase our flexibility. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'm very unflexible. Me too. I just don't have like a. Yeah, I have stre- I have stretching tomorrow at nine. I, I go I go every week. You're stretching right. before you go on the plane to the bachelor party. Yeah. It's oh, not why, a party, 40th why, why do you do that? Like, uh, I, I know that I, like, I'm so unflexible. It's insane, but I don't have any incentive to become more flexible. Yeah, it's my back, man. It, it helps my back so much. So like, I went to this place, Stretch Lab, and I have no affiliation with them ever. We're not getting paid, but it's like been so, so, so good. I just, I told uh, the flexologist, they call them. Uh, I told the flexologist that like, you know, I have all these back issues from whatever, hip and back issues. And she was like, okay, like, we'll just focus on that. So every week for an hour or two, I'll go in there and just like stretch my uh, glutes and my hips and like my lower back. It's, it feels so good. Um, yeah. You, you gave me your affiliate code for that. It was, <laughs> I wish they had an affiliate code. We, I, should, I, our, we should start a stretch lab franchise. I've shilled so many. They just opened one right by my house. They were everywhere. There was like four. I within, know, like, I 20 told, minutes my house. Yeah. That's how we need, that's how we're going to make money from this. We need an affiliate. We need an affiliate to Stretch Lab. We're going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Michael oh, says, P- Peter, have you like tried to stretch at all in your life? Uh, so the thing that's helped me the most that um, well, I actually didn't have any injuries in my back playing basketball. And now, like, you know, probably if I play like 10 times, I'm, I'm on average going to have like back issues like one out of 10 times. When I didn't have that was when I was doing Pilates. We had a, someone coming over and we were doing Pilates like uh, three or four times a week. Ashley and I, we had like a girl come over to the house. I bought a reformer. So I do that and then I train with Gator and I do a lot of mobility, some stretching stuff, but I'm still, my hamstrings are horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my hips are decent. My hamstrings are terrible. All, all this stuff like glutes, hamstring and like core and like even like pelvic floor stuff is like so correlated to back pain. And like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a lot of work to like try to do it for sure. And we're still trying to blast. I mean, Levitan, Levitan's going to the gym. I mean, we're, we're brittle, but we're still, we're trying to grind out these, these later years. Um, the hoops thing, I want to see you versus Leone. What would you say a fair price on you versus Leone one-on-one is? Yeah, I think he'd have uh, a much, much, much harder time scoring against me, but I'd say I'm probably like minus 110 or minus 115, I would say. Uh, yeah, I think it's really close to a flip. Yeah. He's obviously a way better shooter than me. I mean, he was, if he shoots like that, I can't win. I mean, no, I mean, he but if some... he gets tired and you don't, you're not going to give him those shots. Yeah. But he made a couple of contested ones, um, for sure. Um, oh, view house party. So I, I don't know how many people in here are, are, are listening to this, came to the view house, but I appreciate everyone who came out. We did the ETR meetup, uh, at the view house here in uh, a little bit south of Denver. Just like I know I've heard Bales talk about this before. Like, I, like part of ETR is community, right? And I know like when we did Fantasy Labs, like I know Bales, you said like you wished or you tried to do more with community. You guys were trying to get more community. It's just hard when everybody is on the internet. But I think with Discord, like a lot of these guys know each other from Discord and trying to do things like the meetup. If you actually hang out with everyone and met so many uh, great people, uh, Lauren was there, my wife Ashley was there, David and his wife, uh, Overzet came, uh, a ton of people, Mark and... Mark Dank and his wife. Shout out to Mark, by the way. Uh, Mark Dank from from ETR getting married here in a in a couple of weeks to uh, his amazing wife Maggie or soon to be wife Maggie. But yeah, I just thought it's like important to do this stuff, like the community type stuff. So I don't know, Bales. Any any thoughts on that? Especially after I heard you talk about it when you were talking about fantasy labs before. Yeah, we never did. We never actually did anything. <clears throat> it was a little bit too early. At, at, um, we would have had trouble pulling it off but we had like a really loyal group of subscribers and stuff that i think if we did do something uh it would have been awesome um whenever the fantasy labs fantasy labs guys got together uh yeah it was just it was incredible and um yeah i i don't know i i think that if you're in a position where uh where you can have people from the internet come and all meet each other. And like, you have enough people that want to do that because there's that that's already built. And, um, that's extremely rare. Like people, like most companies like die to, to try to build that type of loyalty. Um, it's really, really difficult. So to have that at all is, is incredible. Yeah. I mean, we tweeted it once and we got, you know, 60, 65, People to show up in Denver. Yeah, that's uh, nuts. Awesome. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, uh, Levitan Peter... and I both got absolutely blasted. Oh uh, yeah, Levitan had some hilarious one-liners. I'll I'll save you from him, but <laughs> Levitan by the end of the night was black, and I, I too was out of line. <laughs> yeah, great was... summer. What was that, Gus? We need that Gus Hansen. It's gonna be a great. It's been a great summer. It's yeah, it's gonna be a great summer. Is Gus Hansen's <laughs> quote? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I was just, I, I, yeah, I was just drinking too much, especially because we had the the company card out and and. But yeah, it was fun. It, it was fun for sure. And it seemed like Ashley had a good time, which was uh, obviously most important. Um, yeah, Ashley had a great time. Good company um, card that's coming out of our pockets. <laughs> We're officially bust though. <laughs> Talk to Francois. Um, okay, I want to move to traveling. Uh, you know, I, I've like had this trap I, I can't i don't even know why like ever since i was probably like 19 like all i want to do or like the most like the most fun thing i can think of or what i would like to do most is either gamble on football or play live poker or travel or you know like that's basically it and like so i've been to a ton of places uh i'll give a quick recap of the trip we just did uh i've been to most european cities and i would say uh, paris will go down as my least favorite without question. I mean, my God, it was, I mean, no offense to any uh, Parisians out there, but I mean, the, the wait, what was, is that? Is that a thing? Is that a yeah. term? No, that is a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. That the food was inedible. Um, I don't care about like the Louvre. I mean, or the, to be, to be and your opinion on the food is yeah. pretty irrelevant. You have no, Lauren, you have no palate. Lauren, 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 Lauren eats, all, Lauren eats all, all food, and she thought the food was inedible. Also, uh, Lauren does not eat all food. I couldn't imagine her enjoying the snails. <laughs> no, she wanted to. She she did try the snails. <laughs> yeah, she um, tried the snails. Uh, every store in Paris is like Chanel or Louis Vuitton. Like I'm just walking around. It's like all these people shopping and like these outrageously fancy stores that I would never want to step foot in. And it was just like so massive and overcrowded. And yes, we were there over Bastille day or right near Bastille day and right near the end of tour de France. So it was like even more crowded, but yeah, I, I just, one of my least favorite places I've been in Europe, Paris. Then we went to Nice and Monaco, which was probably, that's my second time in Nice. And it's probably my, my favorite place in all of Europe. Maybe one of my favorite places in the world is like South of France. So um, next time we do it, we're not even going to leave the airport in Paris. We're just going to, Paris and then straight down to the south of France. So that was basic trip report. It was so, it was so, so, so good um, to be away for a week. Uh, Bales, I know you do a lot of traveling also. I can't really put my finger on why I like it so much. Have you, have you thought about what you like about traveling? Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, I guess I like the um, exploring the unknown. Like uh, when I go to travel, I don't like to just like go relax on the beach or something. I like mm -hmm. to go like uh find new stuff and like get lost and uh when something is uncertain or um uh yeah just like unknown to me that i don't know i get some fulfillment out of that so i i think that that's why i like it uh you can also just be like a complete crazy person when you travel like you can you can do anything like you're <laughs> if you're in another country just who cares you can do anything it's not like you're in your home city um, why I, I'm, I'm interested. Why, why did you like, uh, Nice so much? Yeah. It's one of the most like beautiful places I, I've ever been, um, for sure. And I just thought like the culture down there was like, um, everybody's just like relaxed and looking at fun and kind of like Key West, man. Like Key West is one of my favorite places to go in America because it's not like stuffy at all. People just like walk around and flip flops and drink beer and don't worry about anything and, and have fun. And, Nice has like been a for 200 years or something has been like the vacation destination for people in Europe. And so I kind of got that vibe there, but it's so outrageously beautiful. And, and like, yeah, I agree with you. I don't like to sit on the beach at all, but we did a boat trip where like we got to jump into the Mediterranean, swim with some fish and stuff. And, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I just really liked, it. I thought we were so close to Italy and like we got some really good Italian food and 
you know, enough with the French food. So, so yeah. And shout out to, uh, I got to give a shout out to Julian, uh, one of the subscribers and followers. He was actually from uh, the South of France and he gave me a bunch of really good recommendations too. So shout out to Julian. How do you compare uh, the European places to Brazil, which I know you've been to that yeah. I, I have never been to, but um, yeah, to me, the, I've been to some places in Europe and uh, other than, I mean, I thought Italy was kind of cool. Um, and then, Turkey, which is really not really um, yeah. Europe, like part of Istanbul is, but uh, to me, like Asia is just a much better experience because it's so much different from the way that we live, and and Europe is pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I, I like that, like like the culture shock when you go into a place. Um, yeah. So, how, how does Europe yeah. compare to Brazil for you? Oh. Exactly what you said. Like sometimes when you're in Europe, outside of like a few like cultural things, like you, you could easily be in America. Brazil was like, I mean, <laughs> we could have easily been dead. We were like wandering around like favelas and stuff like that. Like it, it's a it's a much like wilder, unamericanized. Yeah, you always you, like you need to get into some experience where you're like, I think I might die tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's a good vacation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I was in, I was actually in Rio. Uh, when I was, I guess I was 27 or something. And like, I was there with a bunch of guys and like, you're trying to like do drugs and stuff. I was just like, guys, like, this seems like a really bad idea to just like get drugs from some random person in, in Rio. They're like, yeah, come to my, come to my neighborhood. We'll get you some drugs. I'm like, I am just not going. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I like, I'll, I'll try, I'll, I'll go anywhere though, really. Um, and yeah, you know, Europe is the most Americanized for, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Peter, any thoughts on this stuff? Yeah, I mean, I need to do some more travel. I feel like I travel quite a bit within like the U.S. and North America, but I need to to travel more. We should we should do a trip. Um, Ash and I were going to go to the Amalfi Coast, which I, that's yes. something I definitely want to do. But then I had my Achilles injury right before, so we had that like all booked out. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the place that I go that it's like the opposite of what you guys are talking about in some ways, but also is just like. I can like really unplug and like there's a nice part of it is Hawaii. I've spent a bunch of time on Kauai and like I love mm-hmm. the hiking there and I know it's Americanized. It's not like the same culture shock. But to me, a huge part of vacation is like if you can like actually unplug and like not be on your phone on email. Not, draft, not drafting best ball teams in your yeah, city. Yeah, exactly. And Hawaii is so far behind on time and like it's sweet. Like, dude, that island, Kauai in particular, is just super interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, we ate the chalk for a honeymoon and went to Hawaii, and went to Kauai. It was like, like I like that way better than like all the Caribbean places and yeah. There's some there's some cool stuff, but um, yeah, I think the Caribbean the Caribbean is like the most overrated place to go. Agree, like the Bahamas. There's, yeah, like, there's like not that much culture. Not like there's nothing. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. There's not that much to do because like a lot of these all inclusive or whatever. You just like stay at the resort the whole time, like yeah. eat, eat and drink and go to the beach. Like that's that to me yeah. that's kind of boring. Yeah. Montana was super cool. That was the most unique. I've done a lot of similar stuff over the last couple of years. Just big cities and traveling for mostly work-oriented things or golf. And Montana was super sweet. Um, I want to do Asia, though, at some point. Yeah. It's also with the kids. Like, like I'm trying to figure out, like, you're probably in a good spot where you can start traveling with the kids, like, out of the country, Adam. Yeah. They just, gonna... My take on that is it's expensive and they don't appreciate it, you know? Like... That's what they're gonna be like six or older, or something like that. They're yeah, like, I still, don't, I still just don't think they appreciate enough to like spend ten k to take them to like Tokyo or something. It's not expensive. Yeah, Tokyo is expensive, but it's not expensive to go to like 
most of Southeast Asia or something. Yeah, uh, the, the flights are expensive, but but yeah, that yeah, they probably aren't going to know what's going on. <laughs> going to Europe right now too. One thought is like this is the time to go. Yeah. I mean, the dollar versus the euro. I mean, you're you're balling. Oh yeah, we were balling hard. I mean, stuff that like it was two to it used to be two to one. You know, something that cost fifty bucks was essentially a hundred not that long ago, or, or or I guess you know eighty or something. Now it's just imagine Turkey. Yeah, their their currency collapsed. I think you're a Turkish millionaire. They used to do that. They used to do a joke about that on Stern. Um, I the, uh, of all the places I've gone, a, a lot in Asia, everything. I, I think my favorite place in the world is Turkey. Honestly, I think it's the most underrated place to go. I went to Istanbul, Cappadocia, and then some beach towns and stuff. Uh, there's not a lot of tourists, and it's just an awesome country. It's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I never even thought about really going to Turkey, but yeah, sounds yeah. cool. Um, all right. I want to talk about this deal that Underdog announced. I know we already hit on the best ball stuff. Just to close the loop on the best ball stuff, I believe, Peter, they raised that $500 million, like not that long ago, and then now they just raised again at 485 or this was the same Same, same terms. Gotcha. So originally, I hope I – yeah, I hope this is – I think the plan was $50 million on 450 to get to that 500 number, and it was 35 on 450 And the company's just doing so well that I think they're – going to keep keep rolling forward i mean the fantasy stuff is just out of this world and I, I think it really is a lot of fun um and i hope that we see more games and uh i mean jeremy talked about it in that wall street journal um article that basically they're they're trying to do games really well they're not just a you know another traditional sports book and i think americans really do love games and that's showing I me mean, these best ball numbers are just crazy and that's across like multiple sites i mean the, the underdog tournament is insane and the action there's awesome but like if you just combine the volume across all these different sites, it's like off the charts. It's yeah. so much more fun to gamble on than traditional season long. It's so crazy how popular it is, man. Like I, I, I knew it would be popular because I remember how popular MFL 10s were. And we talked about it in the DK Pro chat. Like we should start our own best ball site. We never did, obviously. And, yeah, and that was now, a good one there. Yeah. And now, uh, ideas. now they're raising at 485 million dollar valuation i mean bales did you ever think that a best ball site would get a 485 million dollar valuation i mean that's just like mind-blowing to me yeah not a best ball site but i think that um uh what jeremy's built is just like sort of a, a way to get into um betting and uh um yeah i jeremy asked me to be the ceo of underdog uh and i said no (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) good decision i think right yeah Yeah. brandon's turned into he's been amazing yeah he seems like uh no offense but it sounds like he's he's doing a way better job than you could have done yeah of course (laughs) i mean i don't who needs another million and stuff and some and and some Obviously, there's a huge butterfly effect, but in some some realm, like you would have done really well. I mean, I think the whole thing. I mean, it's just it's a great team, and there's so many people there. I don't want to like go through the whole thing. Yeah, Brandon is really good with product, and yeah, it's really a really great. Uh, yeah, we all know a ton of people there. They have, a, I think, they have an incredible team. The idea is awesome. Um, obviously, they have sports betting and all these different products that they want to build, which is you know a huge part of the valuation. But but best ball on its own. I mean, it, this is a big business like yeah. i i mean i i don't think i don't i would have 
I would not have guessed that the, the, we would have as much volume in best ball that we're going to have in 2022. Well, like, I know, I know, I know you wouldn't guess that because at Fantasy Labs we were con- considering running a product. Remember, we were going to like launch a best a best ball product. We were considering it, and then we ran through the math, and I was like, we can't really make that much money on this. Like, there's really not that much money. The people aren't spending that much money, but. Um, yeah, I guess I mean that 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 was just like the current market, and if you create a really great product, then people will spend more money. Right. And that, now those people are loyal to Underdog, and uh, yeah, the, I mean they have the easiest conversion to sports betting ever. Yeah, yeah, they're it's, doing a good job too. Just they're another great product. I think they have a lot of people focusing on the right brands. They're partnering with the right people. Obviously, the ETR deal is great. Um, and going forward, I mean, I just hope like to me, it's like can we come up with other really cool, like addicting, fun peer-to-peer games? DFS has been awesome. Obviously that market's gotten way more efficient. Best ball is another incredible format. Are there going to be other like betting type games that are just awesome and addicting? And it gives me some encouragement. I just hope we have more peer-to-peer games because for guys like us and the audience here, like, you know, peer-to-peer markets present quite a bit of opportunity. So hopefully they can come up with other ideas as well. Yeah. And it's just so much more fun than peer-to-peer for sure. But yeah, I mean, the the product that underdog has is like i mean all credit to them like that's why it's so it's just so good and so crazy popular anyways congrats the, to them main, the, the main the main thing uh that jeremy's done well is is los dos his tequila company which you guys are going to want to check out it's the best tequila I mean, not the los dos <laughs> not the same degree bales is a bigger shareholder on those dose but yeah how is <laughs> Dude, jeremy is just underdog is doing okay but los dos <laughs> Well, what do you think, Jeremy, from a life EV perspective, has been better? What's been better for Jeremy, Los Dos or Underdog? No comment. It's got to be Los Dos. Man. <laughs> Dude, it's you like... see his parties and stuff that he's throwing? He's just yeah. bringing tequila everywhere. I mean, yeah. he is he's living. Yeah, congrats on the sex. Anyways. Um... I, I heard from a friend that was actually, uh, it was just weirdly uh said to me that it was at a party in the hamptons and said something about los dos tequila <laughs> that like knew nothing about jeremy or, or me investing or whatever yeah, he's partying yeah, he, in the hamptons he's getting he's these getting, insane houses throwing the most epic rangers <laughs> miami everywhere and he's like yeah it's all for those those <laughs> got a new ceo it's going well so figured it out good um Last thing before before we get to Laden, we have to mention, you see the glow on Bales' face. It is because crypto is once again booming. Bales, do you have any comment on what is going on? I mean, we had, I believe, I believe Ethereum was like, I don't know, 800 or something, not that like a week or two ago. And now it's back up to like 1700 or I don't, I don't even know if I have those prices right, but there's some, been some epic pump going on. Bales, any comment on what's going on and congrats on being rich again? I don't have too much because I didn't even know it was pumping until you... You said something. It is at seventeen hundred. Bitcoin's at twenty three seven right now. Um, uh, I, no, I don't. I don't really have too much uh, of a comment. I currently only own uh, some NFTs, not too many, and Bitcoin, Ethereum, and and stables. That's it. No altcoins, nothing. Um, and uh, I have some money in cash, more than I more than I had in the past, despite despite inflation um and uh yeah i i uh don't don't have too many thoughts on on crypto at the moment i i think it's still a time to just be in like the the stable uh coins right now bitcoin and ethereum and i just haven't been looking at it much 
when when you say stable coins, you don't mean you, you mean Bitcoin Ethereum. You don't uh, mean see, actual stable coins. Uh, stable coins as well, although uh, obviously we need to be careful with those. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Dai is probably the best stable coin overall, and then um, USDC is the, yeah. uh, the consensus I, best one, I guess. But I, I have like so many concerns about stable coins where I just feel like it's not worth the risk. I don't know. Maybe Peter has a different take, but like it's just, well, USDC, I think I think. The view on USDC, I mean, was circle behind them. You can convert it one for one for dollars with Coinbase. I mean, Coinbase is having a variety of things, but USDC, there's dollars as collateral. There's always been smoke with Tether. Obviously, we saw what happened with UST and Terra. Dai is really interesting, and Dai actually has continued to succeed as a algorithmic stablecoin, although it's much much different than what Luna um, and UST was, um, as well as some of these other stablecoins that have collapsed, but. Yeah, uh, the thing to me that I'm still waiting to see, and, and I think the crypto move is highly correlated with just risk on trading up quite a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. the most interesting thing that happened market-wise to me um, was, I think it was Wednesday, and I might I might be getting my days off by one here, but uh, Microsoft and Google both like missed earnings, and then they, the guide was actually a little bit better. So they went down um, and, and after hours initially, and then they rallied back, and then we ended up going up quite a bit um the next day and just risk on in general has traded quite well and i think a lot of that has to do with what pal said from the fed and some of the data coming out um there's still you know a huge issue with inflation but risk on has gotten a little bit of a a tick up and and, you know the two-year and the 10-year rates have come down a bit so that's the move um i'm still really concerned about imminent regulation in terms of the short-term price but definitely feel nervous like for me right now um, I mean, I haven't touched my Bitcoin position, but everything else, I got much more conservative with um, all my altcoins, basically on nothing after uh, the whole Terra collapse. Uh, I thought the contagion would kind of spill throughout the industry. And now I'm feeling, you know, the last thing you want to do, you know, a year from now has been like, oh, my God, I didn't buy more Bitcoin or ETH or whatever at the bottoms. But I'm still still nervous and I'm kind of in a similar situation to Bales, Bitcoin, Ethereum. And a lot of NFTs. So who knows? Yeah. Bales, you mentioned staying in a lot of cash despite all the in- inflation. I guess that means you don't think that we're at the bottom or you're concerned that we're, we're not at the bottom. Not that we have any ability whatsoever to time markets, but I'm just curious why you, why you would hold so much cash. Uh, because cash represents optionality to do different things. Um, and so like if you're, if you're losing, um, uh, say whatever, uh, 7% uh, a year on holding cash. Um, that's only theoretical. Uh, but if you uh, spend all your cash on something that has a 2% ROI, uh, you have no cash left over for something that comes along that is like, wow, this is incredible. Like we've had a few of these. In the, uh, it's typically things you can't predict. We had you know, poker and uh, crypto came along and uh, NFTs and whatever, where you just want to slam like all of your money into this. You have like great confidence and it could be like 25% expected ROI and you have no money left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that the actual RO, the actual ROI, if you're an idiot of having cash is inflation. And if you're not, it's, it's, uh, I think lots of smart people would have cash. Uh, just for the optionality. 
Yeah, makes makes a ton of sense. Uh, Rates have come up, so you get you're getting paid a little bit on your cash as well. Short term treasuries aren't like horrible like they used to be. And something I've thought a lot about because 2021 was such an extreme year. Just um, we had the everything bubble, and, and personally, I, you know, Action Network sold crypto, all this stuff. Um, the thing that I think of that I made a really big mistake on um, was I really wanted to be invested because I was so worried about inflation, and I was invested across the board. And what I did have liquid. You know, I was basically just like 100% equities, um, a little bit of gold, um, like a little, like very, like we're talking a couple percent in like some bond funds that I've held for a long time. Um, and the mistake I made was not considering my overall portfolio because I also had a lot of these bets, you know, in companies, you know, private deals. And, uh, you know, if you look at the portfolio as a whole, it's like, wow, I'm so risk on. I have all this crypto, private investments, and then, my cash is in public equities and, you know, in risk on environments, that's going to do great. But, you know, we obviously had this bear market and it was a realization that I was probably a little bit off sides, even though I didn't have like leverage or anything, um, because I should have been thinking about my whole portfolio. Like, yeah, even if my liquid portfolio only have like 20% bonds or like cash equivalents, mm-hmm. um, you know, that might not be the right allocation for someone my age. But if you look at it from like my whole portfolio, I should have uh, certainly had a little bit more cash. And so that's something that I'm always like really thinking about. Um, I've talked a lot about rebalancing here. And I think that's like the only way if you're like a long-term investor to like actually not time the markets, but just you're going to set yourself up better by just like saying, hey, here's the portfolio. Here's my allocation. And I'm going to rebalance if ever, ever things get way out of whack. And I think I made a big mistake by not having a little bit more cash um, and or at least like non-correlated investments. Yeah. Um, coming into 2022. Yeah, it's it's difficult sometimes to figure out the correlation between investments too. Like, you know, when, when COVID came around, uh, I think we saw uh, a huge correlation between things that we thought were uncorrelated, right? Um, Peter and I had talked about different investments we had that, you know, oh shit, like this is all correlated. Now sports are gone and we're heavily invested in that. And yeah, it's... It, it, there's different. Uh, it, sometimes it, it can be difficult to predict, which which I guess is like kind of the point of holding cash. Um, like you can figure out like all the all the math in the world, and interest rates are this and this and this, and and so uh, now I should put my money here. But like every few years, something completely unexpected happens, and everyone who get not everyone, but lots of people get rich, make all their money during those times, right? Mm-hmm. And so you should have optionality during those times, I think. Yeah. One, one counter, just because I don't want like, it's so results oriented. And like the thing that, you know, during COVID, everyone's like, oh, I'm in all cash and everything was at the bottom. And then, of course, every genius put all the money back into the market at the bottom <laughs> and was rich. Everyone's telling you they're 100% invested in leverage when things are great. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm all in cash when things are down. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I'm not trying to, I, I think I made the mistake. I have more like short term treasuries than I've ever had just because I'm trying to keep optionality. Uh, you know, I can put cash to work for sports, but, um, I agree with what you're saying, Bales, and I do think it's like important to be cognizant that like if you're young, broadly just having a lot of money in cash is a bad idea. Like you want yeah. to make the investment. And if I if I were giving my money to just like some Joe Schmo, ninety percent of people, ninety nine percent of people, uh, yeah, I would just want them to have like some index fund or something. If I'm giving it to you, then uh, I would trust your judgment and you know. Yeah, we want to be opportunistic, like, and that's yeah. we. I think we have done a good job of that. And I always, you know, have kept liquidity for opportunities broadly. 
um, especially, you know, given how much liquidity is needed to, to bet at a high scale, play DFS, whatever in the past. Um, and so to me, it's like, yeah, keeping a little bit more optionality and thinking like, okay, yeah, I, I'm maybe conservative with my liquid portfolio. I just want to be very cognizant of like what my non-liquid portfolio is, including the stuff that I'm doing sweat equity in. So that was the one thing, you know, especially with crypto and all these things, like if you're doing any sort of things like that, like even real estate, some people have a ton of real estate too, right? So you, you have to think about all of your assets, not just your liquid assets. Yeah. I, like I, I would say two things, like f- for me, like the the saying, like let your winners ride or whatever the saying is. I know I fucked up some sayings on here before, but I think that's the right one. Uh, let let your winners ride. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I got a winner. I'll just, I'll, I'll just let it ride. And then I end up like letting it ride right into the fucking ground. And then, uh, <laughs> And the second thing is I get like so paralyzed by tax stuff. So like, man, like I want to rebalance here, but that will create a tax event. I can't do a tax event. And the next thing I know, I'm just like holding my dick, you know, instead yeah, of just like same here. T- taking the taking the tax hit when it is what it is. Like, I feel like I shouldn't make as many decisions as I do based around taxes. But then like, I feel like tax efficiency is also like a, a big part of, of earning money. So I, I don't and know. It man. is. That's a, that's a hard trade off. And I think if you're going to have a rebalancing strategy, it should be like tax efficient. So maybe rebalance at the end of the year and you really think about, okay, here are the tax consequences. So it's hard. And that should be part of the equation. And like, yeah, just looking back last year, probably the most egregious mistake was like, oh, everything's up. But like, you know, the private companies and the JPEGs were a little more correlated than I probably uh, probably thought, you know, like underdog. It's like, wow. I mean, obviously they've done great, but um, it's easy when things are going so well. And I think a lot of people are feeling that last year. It's just like, oh, I have all this money. It doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I, getting content's bad. So, but yeah, I, I'm with you, Adam. The tax efficiency stuff's really important. And I think having a long time horizon and staying invested is really good. But for us and gamblers um, and people who like to take shots and things like having optionality and, and being liquid is also really important. So it's it's a tough balance, but it's, yeah, it's what we're doing. Yeah. I feel like Bales hits the sell button more than anyone else. I'm so envious of Bales hitting the sell button. I mean, we know he hit the sell button on Poodle right down our throat, but I'm talking about other stuff. Benedict Bales. Benedict Bales. <laughs> you guys have the wrong narrative with this. <laughs> I just remember the group text. Don't ever sell your poodle. And we're all like, dude, Bales, here's the orangutan gift for poodling our poodle. Come to find out we got dumped on by Bales. I mean, unbelievable. You guys were the ones that were into the hoodling. <laughs> I never said anything about hoodling. I just said, well, I, I just said, hey, this is a cool thing. And next thing I know, Levitan's like a moderator of the chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's in the Telegram Discord. People are like, thank God Levitan's here. He's got 160,000 followers. I went into tweet out about Poodle. I I went into the chat one time when it was dumping, and they were like, everybody in this Telegram chat was like, Mark Whaleberg is dumping again. Mark Whaleberg is dumping on us again. And then I find out that Mark Whaleberg was actually Bales. I mean, it's so sick. <laughs> Dude, I never I never even heard this. Hail the whale. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you have to unload it at some point. That's what I'm saying. Bales is way better at hitting the sell button, man. Yeah. I, no, I, I think I, I think Bales I, is more I, of a trader right, than us exactly, for sure. Exactly. I yeah, I didn't even look at tax stuff until this year. I never even like considered it. Uh-huh. And then yeah, this year I lost all kinds of money. I lost like so much money this year. Look like looking at like, oh, I should do this for taxes. <laughs> yeah, well, 2022 is not gonna be a problem for losses. Let's put it that way. We're gonna we're gonna have plenty plenty of losses to chalk up in 2022. There's no doubt about that. 
Um, all right. Let's go to Laden. We've, we've gone long enough here. The people came for Laden. We can play one or two rounds here. It's getting late. Def, uh, definitely two rounds. Oh, no, two, or, two or three or four rounds, I say. <laughs> I got a good question for, for Bales. All right. Well, let me give the, the spiel real quick. For those of you guys who don't uh, know what Laden is or haven't watched the show before, it's a simple game. We're going to ask each other questions. The goal is not for the other people to get the question right. It is for to guess as close as possible to what the person will say. Not to get the answer right, to get as close as possible to what the person will say. We're doing multiples, so not closest by the number, but closest by multiple. Uh, and we'll explain that if it comes up here uh, tonight. All right. You got one, Peter? Yeah, I'll start with Bales. Question for Bales. How many ounces of pee do people pee at a Red Rock show? So there's about a little under 10,000 people there. So at a concert, start to finish, when the gates are opened to when everyone's out, how many total ounces of pee? Assuming 10K? Yeah, assuming sold out. Okay. I think it's like a little under 10K. It's like 98, 9,900. Okay. Assuming 10K people the entire time, how many ounces do they pee? Correct. The whole audience in Red Rocks. Like, and that counts people pissing on the bushes. Shouldn't be doing that. And then okay. the restrooms, everything else. Ugh. Keep in mind, at a concert, just to, set, to make sure I frame the question right, you know, some people come in early. Those people would be count once they're in, but some people come in late. So normal concert, I think doors are like hour or two before the, the concert actually starts. Let's say for like an average concert, like doors are for two hours and it's like a three, four hour show. God. I have an answer. All right. I have an answer. I'll go first. I said uh, 200,000 ounces. I said 169,000 ounces. I went just right above a pound. Good guesses by by both. Uh, Yeah, Peter, I thought this was a good question by you because we would think about similarly 240,000 ounces. God. You definitely poop or pee so much. I mean, I was just, yeah, last night, I I went to the Google Dolls last night with some friends. And uh, man, reminiscing about selling beer in the bathrooms are just, they're packed. Man, Google Dolls, wow. We should talk next episode about your, your, uh, your hustle as a, a beer vendor and stuff. I, oh, th- yeah. I, I always thought that was really interesting. Last night, I got to tell this story because this was my best, biggest hustle as a beer vendor. And it was so hilarious last night because I showed Jimmy Bass. So there's a secret bathroom at Red Rocks where above on the south side, there's a restroom with like literally two stalls, like two urinals and, and then like two regular uh, restrooms. And below, there's a thing with like 20 urinals and like four stalls. And people would wait in line like it like would be like a hundred person line and no one would be down in this like secret bathroom. They put a fucking sign above it like five years ago. They added a second sign last night. I went to the use the restroom was telling the story about how I used to sell beer there because it was great. People would like go down, obviously use the restroom and they'd come back. Be so thankful that I got them out of the line, buy a beer for me, give me a big tip, whatever. It was amazing. Um, and so we went there yesterday and literally there's a sign right in the middle of the thing saying, Hey, there's a bathroom down there. People were waiting in line. There was like a 30-person line, and I walked down. There's not a single person in the downstairs bathroom. Hmm. And there's two signs telling them there's another bathroom down there. Hmm. Unbelievable. People are absolute sheep. It's so yeah. funny watching them. Like concerts, sporting events, people are just the epitome of sheep. 
Um, all right. I was long-winded, sorry, but it was so funny last night. All right, I have a question. Um, I guess I, I should ask Peter. Is someone uh, keeping track of this, by the, the way? Yeah. The, the, <laughs> is someone keeping track of their gambling? Adam, you won money the first show. I won money the second show. We actually have bills a little bit buried right now. Yeah, we have bills. I won a lot the first show. I think I got buried. Someone, we got to get on that. Let's just throw those out and we'll start. (laughs) (laughs) Benedict Bale strikes again. (laughs) All right. For Peter. Okay. What percent of people who play at least $100 a week on DraftKings DFS? What percent of people who play at least $100 a week in DraftKings DFS are also on Twitter. What percent of people who play at least $100 a week on DraftKings in DFS are also on Twitter? I have an answer. I have an answer. I have an answer. I said 39%. Yeah, see, I, I think it, that's probably closer to right, but I thought Peter would go way higher. I said 71% for Peter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I was like caught in between 60 and 70%, and I went for the meme, 69%. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely lower. Yeah, I, I, I think like... Man, I feel like everyone has... So, even people have like... No, if you said like, 1K, if 1K is different. 100 is not that much. Yeah, like all the guys I know who gamble, like even guys like like they have like a Twitter account. They have no followers. They just I know, but the the people we know are so different. than Like the casual gamblers, country club guys, maybe them, and they're even older. And they have Twitter. Maybe what's up? And they they do just to follow, and they follow like Schefter, you, and Ashley or something. (laughs) 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 But like I feel like people who are betting sports, like that's they get their some of their information on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, one of my like casuals, one of like my doomsday scenarios is like, uh, like something happens to Twitter, you know, Elon or somebody like comes in and like fucks the whole thing up or I I don't think actually Elon would fuck it up, but somebody comes in and, and fucks it up. And like, you know, yeah, I mean, I slash we are just like in big trouble. So, so yeah, yeah. we're all in big trouble. Yeah. (laughs) But you are in more big trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad news for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I got yeah. I was just curious what you guys thought because I, it definitely crossed my mind at times. Like if I woke up one day and Twitter was just like GG. Like I, I, I don't even know. Like I think about it all the time when they make decisions. Yeah, you need you need to get emails, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, other other platforms, but and I come back to this. It's like you know, I'm sure you guys have thought about this a lot, and I know at ETR you're starting to expand to other channels. But um, I've always been like, oh, maybe I should get into the other things. Like maybe I should have a couple like Instagram or like TikTok. I've been thinking a lot about over the last year. It's just like Twitter's so much better for what we like, but it is a lot of risk of something. I'm like, I have a ton of friends from Twitter too. I mean, yeah. that's what, I mean, the ETR thing was. So yeah. 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 Um, you are preaching to the same people too on, on Twitter. Like, you know, whereas the, the people on YouTube are so different than the people. Oh, so yeah. different. Hopefully you guys have noticed we put an incredible amount of effort into our YouTube, um, over the last 12 months and like yeah, we've seen, seen the thumbnails huge results yeah we've seen huge huge results so yeah I, I mean we've been trying really hard to diversify some off off twitter and and actually successfully and and shout out to the whole digital media team and everybody who's just been crushing but anyways that's neither here nor there uh bales you haven't asked a question yet let's hear some fucking asinine question from you now all right i haven't answered yet so 
that's what you want. <laughs> I was going to ask a very simple, straightforward one. But now that you asked for it, Levitan, how many people have ever uh, had a fart stink so bad that they got fired from their job or had to quit because of it? Is this like general odor or from one fart they actually had to get fired from? One fart. <laughs> one just infamous fart with a bottle. Ever, in, ever in the history of the world? Yeah. And and did they have to be explained to them that this is why they got fired or just or when they get fired they make up an excuse or, or there's something else they yeah, said? Yeah, they, they don't need to be explained why. But they could also quit because it was so bad. Like they, they it's so embarrassing. Yeah, it's so embarrassing they can't come back. I mean, you guys have seen all these videos where the guys like are on a date or whatever, and they like step outside and they just like rip these huge farts. <laughs> and like it's on ring cameras now and stuff. That'd be my worst nightmare back in the day. I've been in that spot. Nothing worse. You're on like a long date trying to wax. Yeah. <laughs> my post date farts are legendary. Out of, out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine holding it in all day at work or something and then just accidentally dropping a bomb on your boss can you can you believe that action network didn't want this podcast on their network it's unbelievable that's their loss <laughs> i remember one time this girl i was dating in high school uh her <laughs> i dropped her off at her house and then her mom like wanted to come out to talk to me but i dropped her off and i I farted like in my in my car as I was pulling out. The car fart. That's the ripped ass. Just like, oh my god, it was outrageous. Like, I'm surprised I didn't pass out from this fart. It was so bad. And her mom like came out and like wanted to talk to me and got in the car. It was so no. At another time, next episode, I'll tell you guys about the time that uh, I had a whole family looking for a rotten dog bone because they thought it was. Because uh, I told him that their dog left a bone in the house, but it was actually just my fart. <laughs> you guys, you guys are gonna love that one. <laughs> All right. So, how many people have gotten fired or quit from an embarrassing fart? Nailed <laughs> that other ru- ru- relationship ruined, but maybe not a job. <laughs> I don't. You can't say zero. I know at least one. This That's... is all time in the history of the world. Yeah. All time. I mean, you're going hunting for food and you just get kicked out of the tribe because your farts are your farts. No, that that is not getting fired. Because I could see that happening. (laughs) This is for Levitan? Yeah. I have an answer. All right. I have an answer. I have an answer. I went to such a weird answer because I just don't. I wanted to. I'm hoping, hoping for a little hedge here. I'm hoping Bales either goes super low or super high, and I like win on the multiplication. I said 34. I said 999. Okay. I had absolutely no idea what to say, so I just went with Michael Jordan 23. Yes. 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 Bingo. <laughs> 999 
I mean, it, I mean, I, over under like five. I mean, I, honestly, like we've I, all been. I know. I thought I, I, I didn't think that. I, I honestly think it could be zero. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like we've all been in a position where we could fire someone. Would you ever actually fire someone because they had like a farting problem? I mean, some no people way. are really weird. Some people like the stench. Just uh, yeah. I mean, you you might talk to someone, and be like, hey, listen, like we have an odor problem here, but I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm I just not gonna thought levitan would go high. Fire someone. That seems crazy. Yeah, that's no. They can also quit, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bales. Actually, no. I, I, oh, we lost Bales. Oh uh, no. Oh no. Bales is, by the way, coming to us from uh, his office, which is in a hotel uh, in Miami. So um, hopefully, he'll be right back. Yeah, hopefully, he's right. I got a good question too. Patrick says IBS life. Yeah, I mean, you could you could probably get a lawsuit if you fire someone. They could come back and say, "Hey, listen, we have IBS. You can't fire me." If you guys have any questions for me and Peter here while we wait for Bales to get back in the room, go ahead and fire them in. Uh, here's Bales. I lost. Uh, I don't know why I got disconnected there. All right, Peter. Okay. You're- All right, I got a, I got a question. We'll go back to Levitan here. Um, how many people in the year 2022 uh, have been getting a blowjob and or having sexual intercourse while simultaneously drafting a fantasy football team? Say <laughs> 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 so that. So so either uh getting oral or having actual full-blown intercourse while drafting a best ball team yeah so the person could be you know you'd be going down on a woman she could be drafting or you could you know get in the blowjob and you could be drafting or right and this is you say sex would be sex would be quite strong if you're just like sitting there i don't know this is all time or or this is no you're 2022 you're 2022 I'm sure there's a lot of cases of a guy eating out a girl while she's drafting a baseball <laughs> I was just putting that out there. I don't know there's such that they wanted to get into. Ashley, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll I got another gem from Ashley. I gotta, we got to do a little more research before we bring it back. Can you imagine a girl just being like, I don't know. Gabriel Davis Does that count? Oh. Slow drafts absolutely count. This is not like, I mean, you have to, I mean, it would be impressive if you were in like a BBM three team, and that was this was happening. You know, thirty second clock would be tough, but that, I would imagine slow drafts is probably more appropriate. So <laughs> slow, <laughs> there's less pressure. You know, you can look away. So slow, so slow drafts do count. You're saying correct. You, you're, so in the middle of intercourse, you would you would either stop or or while you. I think intercourse is less. I think there's like a couple scenarios here that are possible. But okay. During uh, oral, you, you would uh, go make your pick for it'll take you two seconds and then go back to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Or you're just sitting there looking at your phone or whatever. Right. Okay. But it's Travis's point here, it's not just someone who's in a slow draft. They have to be actively drafting. Yeah. Yeah. Actively drafting. Okay. Basically, how many people are looking at their phones while having some sort of uh, yeah. very and specific? You're, you're, you're asking me? Yeah. I have my answer. I have an answer. Okay, I said one because I know Levitan is going to make fun of fantasy football Dude, nerds here. Levitan, you you have your answer? Yeah. No. I said five. I said eight. Yes. Oh, 
Dang it. I think it's probably zero. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's some maybe, sick pups out maybe, there. Maybe, maybe one. I don't know. One time I was watching like a illegal stream of NFL Red Zone because I was at WeWork and I couldn't get like a Red Zone or any games or whatever. So it's a dude who's holding his phone up, uh, filming NFL Red Zone and like streaming it on Periscope or something like that. And he just starts fuck like he's holding a thing. And he just starts fucking like some girl comes in. Yeah, exactly. And, like, what? What talking about there's some, he, there's some sick pups out there. And he and he just starts fucking. It's it, it was it was wild. It was a wild scene. Yeah. I uh, wish I would have asked all time. That would have been much better. But whatever. <laughs> nice one, uh, Bills. All right, you're up, Bills. Getting the board. Uh, for Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, how long would it take you? How long would it take you to eat a uh, Chicago deep dish pizza that was the size of an entire football field? <laughs> Assuming normal uh, rest and fullness. Then, like restroom behavior, right? Yeah, and you have to. So you're just like normally eating. How long would it take you to eat a deep dish pizza? But it's the size of a football field. Is your goal to eat it as fast as possible, or like what it would actually take if you're just being normal behavior, but that you're only eating deep dish going forward? Normal, normal behavior. Normal behavior. And Are you sleeping? But uh, yeah, but you're only eating the pizza. Are you eating like your normal daily? calorie routine or are you like aggressively trying to eat it that's i mean you're not competing but now are you aggressively trying to get it done or like i actually think that i mean i don't want to give too much away here i don't think it's going to matter that much like you're it's a lot to eat no <laughs> shit so you're that's all you can eat and uh yeah you're 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 trying to eat it um you're trying to eat it as fast as possible i suppose but uh yeah, it's all you're eating. Okay. Can you answer you're my eating, question? You're eating as much as possible during the day. What? Can, can you answer my question about sleep? Are we sleeping? Yeah, of course. It's, yeah. it's a normal day. Yeah, you're going to have to sleep for sure. Okay. And are we answering in days, weeks, whatever? That's for you to, to figure out. Okay. Yeah. We'll adjust in the. All right. So you asked Peter this? Yeah. Okay. The size of an NFL football field. Yep. One football field and Chicago. Have you guys had like real Chicago? You I know, have. It's, oh, yeah. like a, it's thick, you know. Oh like yeah. Pie. Okay. And we're and we're in, including the uh, end zones too, right? One hundred twenty yards. Um, okay. Yeah. I was just going uh, goal line to goal line, but I don't care. This is your question. Let's do the end zones too. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, God. By the way, for people listening, corporate informed us that there's a massive drop off in audience as soon as we start doing Laden. So just if you guys want us to keep doing Laden, be sure you don't drop off. Bales is personally, anyone who drops off before Laden, uh, uh, Bales is personally offended. Who's corporate, by the way? <laughs> Man, is, this, is this Taylor's work? <laughs> <laughs> Bell doesn't believe the data. It's unfathomable <laughs> that anyone would not want to hear about pizza being eaten on a football field. It might be the 
45 second silences in between. <laughs> that, that might be a problem. <laughs> I've thought about this before, but I decided not to bring it up. <laughs> All right, I have my answer. All right, I have an answer. Oh, I have no fucking idea. Hold on. All right. I have an answer, but this is probably going to be humiliating. Okay. I have an answer. Go uh, ahead, Bess. I don't have my written down, but I have a uh, 17.42 years or 6,360 days. <laughs> God, I don't even know what I was saying. I have 1.5 billion minutes. I don't know why I did it in minutes. <laughs> 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 work this out. I said 58 years. How many? 58. Yeah, all right. That's got to be bales. I mean, I don't even know. So you yeah, I think it's closer to what you said. I was going to that you could eat a square yard per day. Yeah, I was doing the yard, the yard stuff too, and I was just like, man, square yard eating the day is it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to eat of that. Yeah, of six thousand. Yeah. 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 yeah I started doing the math in minutes, and then I couldn't turn back. You couldn't do this simple. You couldn't make it easy on us, man. One point five billion minutes. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Well, I'm gonna have to figure it out now. <laughs> All right, we got one more question. Yeah, last question. Uh, who am I asking? I, I think, think Bales, Peter. Right? I just answered that one. Okay. Yeah, I know, I've answered but... two. So do I need to answer three? I thought no. I answered two as well. Everybody should have to answer two. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure I did that. Whatever. All right. Adam, have you only answered one? My fan, that one? Maybe. You guys. How many did you ask, Levitan? This will be my second question asking. Mm. Yeah, I asked too. All right. We just, yeah, we fucked up on uh, who to ask before, but uh, I'll ask, I'll ask uh, Bales how many Americans are currently in more than 10K of credit card debt? How many Americans are currently in more than 10K of credit card debt? Student loans don't count, obviously, just credit card debt? Correct. Just credit card debt. And what someone, let's say, like, you know, I have over a $10,000 credit balance, but I paid off every month. That doesn't count. Does not count. Like, actual debt. Like, you're behind on your payment. Okay. All right. I have an answer. I have an answer. All right. I have an answer. I said 50 million. I said. I actually think it might be more than this, but I think Bale's going to go low. I said $25 million. $35 million. Oh, Damn it. Baby, let's go. Uh, it's Levitan. Yeah. I was by, only off by, by 10 k Yeah, yeah $2.5 million more would be, would be the same. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it. I can't face any more Laden. It is way past Bale's bedtime on the East Coast. It is actually past my bedtime here. Mountain time. Appreciate you all hanging in with us tonight. It was a lot of fun. 
as always, we are going to try to do this regularly now. Uh, I presume we are all back from vacationing and everything. I know Peter is on the grind. I am on the grind big time as well because, like I said, I mean, gambling on football is uh, my favorite thing to do. One of my favorite things to do and being prepared for it is so much fun. So thanks for everybody checking it out. If you have a fantasy football draft coming up, establishyourrun.com. If you have NFT needs, luckytrader.com. If you have sports betting needs, unabated.com. What else are we shilling here? Uh, if you have Poodle. basketball needs, underdog.com. <laughs> we're, we're done shilling crypto. We're done shilling. Any shitcoin? How about shill? Bitcoin? We're shilling Bitcoin. On we, we're shilling Bitcoin. Any Anything else to shill here? Bales, any Tickcoin or anything like that? Or Poodle you want to shill? No, I've never, I don't shill. <laughs> I just do my business on KuCoin.com and that's it. I, just, I won't show. Yo, All by right. the way, by the way, 1.5 billion minutes is 2,854 years. You're way off. <laughs> yeah, I'd be dead. I probably you probably couldn't do it. Uh, we have a couple of goons calls. Uh, Travis and Scott want to remind everybody shielding their their goons bag that uh, yeah lava furs. I mean Leone is killing it with that lava fur. How's your lava fur goon doing? Mine? Yeah. I mean he's doing well. He's <laughs> he's still in the wallet. He's not he's not doing much. But I look at him occasionally. <laughs> I love the way he said mine. Like I would ever own a fucking lava goon. Uh, okay. It's enough. <laughs> what are you talking about, by the thing? I knew you would. If me and Peter were like, you gotta buy a lava, <laughs> lava goon, I, I guarantee you. I think not. I think love it. We might I think we might have blown through our trust with Levitan. I think he's more a little more skeptical than <laughs> we got him over the line and now he's, he's a little more skeptical. <laughs> oh boy. All right. This was fun. It's gone on too long. Four bales for Peter. We'll be back hopefully next week with another Three Donkeys. Be sure to subscribe. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.